gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Colson Ostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 4 games across the NFL. And in this episode, we'll cover our regular weekly picks and get to Andy and Maddie's total tees. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Atridge, and uh, it was a pretty good week for both of us last week, wasn't it, buddy? Yeah, we did did pretty well. We were on the right side of the money for uh, the large portion of the games, which is always nice. Uh, congrats to you on your money line calls. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously I had the push with Cincinnati, Philadelphia, uh, so, yep. and you know, and if you got down on them also, like I did at plus five, you did well. And then, uh, I had a certain green Bay Packers team that I seem to take a lot of flack for. How's that regression analysis working out for you? Yeah. Why don't you go fuck yourself, Maddie? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be a uh, another uh, a good week of football. There's a lot of uh, great games and uh, some COVID issues. So, of course, there will be a couple games that are unfortunately impacted by uh, COVID. And then we're not going to be picking them because we don't know who's going to be out in those games. Uh, we don't even know when a couple of those games might get played. So... Because of that, those games are considered off the board, but we will be talking a a full slate of Sunday and Monday night games. So shall we fire it up, Andy? We shall fire it up, Matty. Right, and uh, the Chicago Bears, my Chicago Bears, are at home this week, and they're 3-0, and they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the visiting Indianapolis Colts. 44-and-a-half is your over-under. I don't know where the odds makers get off here, but before we even get into that, did you hear that Phillip Rivers' wife is pregnant again? No way, really? No, but it's more believable than the Colts beating the Bears this Sunday. (laughs) Because that would put them in double digits, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah, that I. I he must have the most patient wife in the world. Well, at least he's only got one, right? Yeah, <laughs> it could go the other way too. And I'm not talking about Roger Smarty. What? Oh, I have three kids and no money. Why can't I have no kids and three money? Well, now that we're uh, getting into the game, I do want to say, uh, Big Dick Nick. Welcome to Bears football. Stop Bears. Stop Bears. Some people may not know about this, but the in the two-minute warning during the commercial break, Big Dick Nick goes over to wide receiver Anthony Miller, says, if it's an all-out blitz, you're running to the L in ATL right in the end zone, and it'll be a touchdown. And just like the Sandlock, the Falcons bring the house and uh, folds. He hit Miller for the touchdown on right on that L. Uh, threw for three TDs, but it could have been five. Uh, yeah. He had that touchdown pass to Robinson call back and another one that was uh, a potential one that was dropped, but it was catchable. So it, it's very interesting to see the Bears passing attack go that way. And obviously he fits pretty well into Matt Nagy's offense. Unfortunately, though, our boy Tariq Cohen is out, isn't he? He is out. Uh, but going back to Nick Foles, I believe there were two such gentlemen who have a, a, a football-related podcast that were calling for Nick Foles in week one. What's the kind of person to say a toe to so 
But you know what? A total so. A fucking a total so. Uh, just took Nagy, you know, you know, a couple games into it before he came to his senses. Uh, another thing which you may have not noticed in the game too, on that last touchdown, uh, there was a penalty flag thrown just before the PAT, and that was too many men on the field uh, because Nick's dick was actually still on the field when they were trying to <laughs> kick the ball. Does size count at all, or is that just some weird thing guys think about? All right, you see, this is where Gene and I always get into a heated debate. I like them when they're really big, and I think it's better when they're enormous. Now, Chicago, 3-0. and 3-0 and yeah. start. Now their their competition it can't be a hugely confident three and zero because they um, their competition I think is a combined one and eight. And they if they collectively won all three games by a total of twelve points. Right, but in years past and teams not even talking about the Bears but just teams in general that end up with losing records those close games they just don't win. No. For one reason or another. But this time the Bears have ended up on that winning side. Hopefully now they might get some stability at the quarterback position because their rushing game is on point. And their Bears defense, I mean, they haven't allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver this season. And they're amazing at third down. Uh, the Colts right now, they, this is actually where I think the game's going to come down to. And hint, hint, I'm picking the Bears. Uh it's going to come down to this. The Colts are the last in the NFL on third down conversions at 30.3%. And the Bears have the second best third down defense in the league at 30.9%. Um, if you can't move the sticks on third down throughout the game, you are not going to have a good game offensively. And I think that the Chicago Bears are not just, you don't need the two and a half points because this is my first money line Maddie pick of the week. Wow, you're really getting into it, aren't you? Right, right off the bat. Right off uh, the bat. The only thing that scares me about Indianapolis is that they've allowed the fewest yards on defense for any other team in the league. Uh, but let's let's look at their three games. So they lost to the Jaguars week one. They've beaten the 0-3 Vikings and most recently the 0-3 Jets. And now they go on the road with a California quarterback and Phillip Rivers out of the confines of a dome that they're used to being playing in, and they go to Soldier Field, and, sorry, you're giving me points? I didn't have to think about this too long or hard. I'm definitely taking Chicago in this one. I don't see it being a high-scoring affair either, but, uh, yeah, i got to go with the Bears. Well, Andy, those were all very salient points, and I really appreciate that discussion of Bears football with you. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, Matty. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> On to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Where the Bengals are three-point favorites against the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, The 49s are over under here. Now, the last meeting between these two teams was last October, and the Jags uh, won 27-17, and that was in Cincinnati, and that's with Gardner Minshew. Me, me, me. Now, despite a rough game last Thursday night, I'm still a big Minshew guy. And uh, what gives me a little bit more wind in the sails for the Jaguars is I really think James Robinson has proven he can hang in the NFL. 
He's getting 17 and a half touches a game. That takes a lot of pressure off Minshew. And yeah. he should have a big game, man. He's, he's uh, Cincinnati's allowing 154.1 rush yards per game since uh, 2019. So uh, you should count. If you if you got him on fantasy, there's a stardom. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, you know, they tied with Philadelphia. Philadelphia was only going for the tie. I, I don't know what business odds makers have given these guys three points, and I don't care if they're at home. Um, Jacksonville, with the exception of the last game against Miami, uh, they look like a pretty good team. And, you know, that was a Thursday night game, and weird stuff happens on Thursday night. Von <clears throat> Miller coming down your throat. I'm not going to put too much uh, too much emphasis on that. Bengals just simply can't play defense. And I think Minshew has a pretty big day through the air. They probably do have a pretty big day on the ground as well. Uh, but give me the points with Jacksonville on the road, plus three. I do want to give Burrow the nod while we're uh, trashing Cincinnati. He's sort yeah. of picked up his stats over the past two weeks. He had a rough first week, but the past two weeks, he's averaged 300-plus yards passing and threw for five passing touchdowns. So, I mean, he's he's obviously starting to you know feel himself in the pro game, but I'm taking the Jags to win. Uh Extra time to prepare and bounce back from a tough Thursday night loss. I know Minshew is uh, waiting to reclaim that as well. So uh, this is also my second Moneyline Maddie pick of the week. I'd buy that for a dollar. Maddie, we're only two games into this thing. I know, and I'll be two for two. <laughs> He's you know, humble and, and um, cocky at the same time. On to Big D. I think it's better when they're enormous. We maybe should start calling themselves Little D. Uh, they are at home, four and a half point favorites against visiting Cleveland Browns. 55 and a half is the over-under for this game. Part of me is having a bit of a problem. I don't know who to pick in this game, dude. But it sounds yeah, like there's I, some problem. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm looking at this game, too, going, what? Uh, Dallas, just, I mean, Little D is in no defense whatsoever. Yep. But you look at Prescott's number, and they're they're very impressive. He's he's at the top of most lists. But in losses, in losses, he has that game against the Seahawks, right? And you know, almost any other quarterback in the league puts up those numbers, and their team wins in a blowout. And he can't win the game. You play to win the game. And actually, it's there's a little negativity going around the Dallas locker room, and I think Jerry Jones is getting a little snarky. And it also sounds like he's going to get some alligator arms when it comes time to write Prescott a check in the offseason. After Sunday's game against the Seahawks, he said, being able to pull off the last play of the game is the difference between Dak and Patrick Mahomes or even Tony Romo. Romo holds. 19-yard field goal attempt. Oh, it is fumbled by Romo. And then Romo's going to run to the end zone. And he's going to get tackled by Jordan Babineau. Oh, ouch. Yeah, Jerry Jones even invoked Tony Romo over Dak. So, I mean, obviously Dak has to hear that. Well, I think he's going to be bargaining positioning. Uh, I Honestly, man, I you can't fault Dak. You can't really fault can't. Dak. They haven't really used uh, Zeke too much, as much as you would anticipate they would. But I guess that's they're coming from behind all the time. 
that's a huge problem, right? It forces you like you you become one dimensional. You do, and but Cleveland can do. They can do it through the air, and they can do it on the ground. Uh, oh, they yeah. made Washington look like, you know, a JV team. Um, and Washington's got a top ten defense this year. Well, they do. They got an awesome front seven, and we can talk about that a little later. But yep. I think Cleveland is just a lot more balanced here. Um, you know, with like Miles uh, Miles Garrett's having a great season, putting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. And right now, Dallas's O line isn't as good as we're used to seeing it. And, you know, you've got Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. And um, they're getting the ball to the tight end. And they're they're actually, Nick Chubb is, you know, sharing the load. And their their offensive line is what impresses me the most. Um, they they finally given uh, Baker some time in the pocket. I, I just think, you know, if the spread was a little lower, if it was a field goal, I'd probably be on the, the Cowboys side. But I, I, I like I like having the points in my back pocket here. So I'm going to be taking the Browns. Yeah, the Cowboys' pass defense is atrocious. They've allowed nine pass touchdowns in their last two games, and they've also allowed the second most fantasy points per game to wide receiver this season. So OBJ should have some success. So start him if he's on your fantasy team. Because Dallas just can't stop the pass. And, I mean, Cleveland is doing a great job, too, of setting stuff up through the run. Their play action is working well. I'm with you. This swirling pit of negativity that happens in Dallas we see it happen up here in Canada uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, things will start to go sub right but you, you know what I mean where the oh, media yeah, no, no. is so in a frenzy and negative things are going around and you can just see the team wilting under it because I've seen that since 1969 by the way I was born in 77 but I digress um, Dallas I could see them kind of spiraling down a bit and it actually as much as I've said that Dak has problems winning the big game, it's not going to be Dak's problem. It's going to be because they can't play defense. So look for Cleveland to build on their offensive and defensive successes over the last couple of games. And I get, I, I'm with you. They at least make a game for this. So I'm, I'm taking Cleveland with the points. I was at, I was actually thinking about making them uh, money line Maddie pick. Oh, of course. My third row. Yeah, we're three games in. Why wouldn't yeah. you do that? Go for the but, trifecta, Maddie. Yeah. See, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't trust them that much. They're still the Cleveland Browns. And what did I say last week? Sometimes you flip the coin and it comes up heads or tails, and sometimes it just comes up Browns. A hundred million? That's funny. Die for your fun. Oh, don't worry. We'll still have enough left to buy the Cleveland Browns. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. Your renaissance and waterfronts give you a flair of your own. It's time for some Motor City Madness. This is crazy. The Detroit Lions, four-point underdogs at home with a 54 over-under. Now they're facing the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans is coming into town. They really need to right their ship. At least they've got Alvin Kamara because, man, that guy, 197 total uh, yards last week against Green Bay. Unfortunately, in a loss, but that guy was playing on his head. I think they're overusing Kamara. They are. Well, Michael Thomas might return. Mid-season, if they keep, keep up with that many touches. Well, they need Michael Thomas back. Well, he is back. He is back in the lineup. He's practicing. He's He's still listed as questionable. Yeah, I I would expect to see him. uh, Breeze needs him. Well, they need him. And, and, you know, for the Lions, you've got wide receiver Kenny Galladay is back. And with both of these guys as their number one dudes, it just affects everything else. Like the other wide receivers can 
get in a little bit more space. It loosens up the running game. So, I mean, just the fact that these two guys are back in the lineup, I expect a lot of points to be scored here. And to be quite honest, there's not a lot of disappointment as much as the New Orleans Saints defense this year. They have not looked like the defense of old. And that's kind of surprising under Sean Payton. Um, now, Detroit's uh, defensive backing core, not what not what we've seen with Darius Slag on there. Um, shouldn't be a big issue because apparently Drew Brees can't throw downfield, right? Yeah, 4.9 air yards uh, a, a throw is what he's averaging this year. And, I mean, it does not help that Michael Thomas wasn't in the lineup because that's who they stretched the field with. Sure. Um, so that, But I, I agree with you that the Saints have not looked like the Saints of old. I think the problem is that Detroit looks like Detroit of old, right? Um, now, first, before I... Hey, come on, man. you got to say that that was a pretty impressive win in the desert. It, you know what? It sure was, especially considering all the statistics bore out that Matt Stafford does not like playing on the West Coast and especially in Arizona. But And, and I got to put some respect on All Day's name. Adrian Peterson is averaging 4.9 yards a carry this year. That's the highest in, his, in a season since 2012 when in, uh, he won the NFL MVP. Like, I, I can't get over the production from a back that many teams thought was washed up. He's just carved guys oh for sure I, I i figured he had a little bit of gas left in him when i saw the trade happen um or the pickup rather now you've got two cor uh, cornerbacks marshawn Lattimore for the saints who's questionable with a hamstring injury and janoris jenkins has not practiced this week he's got an illness he's listed as doubtful no idea what that means but those are your <laughs> those are two pro bowl guys that if they're not in the lineup detroit's gonna have a pretty big day through the air yeah, you know what, Andy, you're you're talking me into Detroit here. Now I'm I'm I was thinking Saints. I was but thinking Saints too, and then the more I thought about it, I just you know the Saints are coming off a loss, and the Lions are coming off a win. But I don't okay, really. Okay, before you make your decision, before you make, uh, I agree. The line, I think, being uh, more than a field goal definitely makes it tantalizing. But the Lions have the 28th ranked defense in the league. And New Orleans has a good road team. Do you think yeah. this might be a bounce back spot for them? Well, they've won seven of the last eight on the road. Absolutely, they can travel. I, it, normally, I would say it's a bounce back spot. But again, you're, you're in more than a field goal at home. I'm not a Lions fan. I mean, I like the Lions, but I'm not a fan of them winning because they don't do it that often. In fact, last week was the first time in 12, 12 games that they won. Are they going to make it a two-game I don't know, two-game streak here. I know that there's going to be a lot of points scored. I can say that for sure. Does New Orleans defense have enough to go against this? I mean, you, this is going to come down to some weird interception or a fumble or a special teams play. But right now, I'm liking Detroit at home. Give me the Lions and the four points. Can't believe I just said that. I know. I can't believe I'm saying it either, but I think you talked me into it. I'm taking the Lions with the four points. That are alive. You are coming with me. On to South Beach, where the Miami Dolphins, six and a half point underdogs at home against the visiting Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the visiting Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. I think he deserves to have a byline when you announce that team because he's obviously 
just like he does all the time with the Seahawks is does everything uh, 54 yeah. and a half is your your over under now I do want to say like last week Ryan Fitzpatrick had probably the most talked about 160 yard passing game in NFL history uh, against the Jags but you got to give him credit where credit's due uh, 18 of 20 uh, that's 90 percent for uh, 160 yards and two touchdowns so he was accurate and he made his passes when it counts and he's got a pretty decent running game and we got a problem with Seattle's defense in that they're just plain awful they're the only defense in NFL history to allow more than 1200 passing yards for three weeks or through three weeks anyway and during that span they've allowed six 100 yard receivers that is unbelievable so yeah start Devonte parker if you got him in your fantasy team like i do well i wonder if that seahawks defense made the trip because last week they certainly didn't look like they were even on the field uh, see russell wilson you can't say enough about that guy and nope. he is he is the deodorant that takes the stink off that defense it's they it's should be all in three words how bad they are they're very they very be, bad if they're any other team they should be all in three Oh, for sure. With and, allowing like, that many yards? How long can yeah. you keep up this this Superman thing? Yep. And you know it's going to be hot in Miami, right? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. Hot in this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. You know, I, it, I, I know the calendar just flipped to October today, but it's still going to be hot there. And the guy from Harvard, if it's magic. Sing fair Harvard. Fair Harvard, I thought. <laughs> You, sir, have the boorish manners of a Yaley. Has done nothing but impress me all season long. And I'm I'm liking Miami here. And I'm again, I'm taking the home team dog with six and a half points. And I'm going to put those in my back pocket and not worry too much. Now, you know, I've been on the Seattle Seahawks train for, well, since the beginning of the season, right? I've been on that train because we know Seattle's going to score points. But the problem is they're going to allow a lot of points. And the way, like you said, your boy from Harvard, Fitzmagic, he's been chucking the ball around the yard wonderfully. And uh, Miami's offense looks great. And their defense obviously is better than Seattle's. I'm not only taking the Miami cover. This is the third and final money line, Maddie, of the week. Go fish. Sorry, when you say final, can like can you get an assurance that that's actually going to be the case? That's the case. There's no more money line Maddies this week. Oh my gosh! What are you it's... liking? Something else? No, no, no. I'm taking the fins. Nice. We'll see. Then we're in agreement. Harvard University, the alma mater of Fred Grandy, Amy Brenneman, and Ted Kaczynski. Florida, but that's America's way. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home against the L.A. Chargers. Tampa Bay, seven-point favorites. Uh, 43 and a half is your over-under. I mean, Brady's going to be without one of his most productive targets uh, as wide receiver Chris Godwin is. Uh, he's going to be out with a pulled hamstring. Might even be out uh, next week against my Bears. Um, but unfortunately for the Chargers, their defensive injuries are even worse. They've yeah. placed five starters on IR 
Uh, safety, Derwin James. Cornerback, Chris Harris Jr. Uh, defensive end, Melvin Ingram. Linebacker, Drew Tranquil. And uh, defensive tackle, Justin Jones. On offense, they're also without offensive captains and in, in, uh, center Mike Pouncey on IR. And then you've got Tyrod Taylor there with a deflated uh, lung. I actually think the seven points is a gift. This could be a double-digit spread. Yeah, you could really see how the absence of Melvin Ingram affects their team when he was out last week. And, I mean, they, you know, they were within one hook and lateral of winning that game outright. They were. Uh, uh, Keenan Allen had uh, just been a little more on the mark. Joey Bose is actually questionable with a tricep injury on, on defense. So, I mean, when you talk about their, their defense, it's Ingram and Bosa, Ingram and Bosa. Um, yeah, if you don't have either of them, you don't really have much of a defense. You don't have those threats of you don't have to. The offense doesn't have to double team anybody, right? No. It's, you know, it just creates a lot of opportunity for the offense more than most regular fans actually know. The, the game is you. You, if you're a football fan, you've heard it. The game is won and lost in the trenches. The front seven versus your offensive line and any blocking backs like t- or tight ends or whatever that are up blocking on the plays. But that's really what comes down to who's going to win the game, whoever's winning that battle. And I can't see the Chargers winning that battle against Tampa Bay, who's uh, playing really good in front of Tom Brady. And I got to say that uh, we've talked about earlier in the season, the Young Bucks secondary possibly being a negative. I'm starting to see them more of a positive. They're not much of a weakness anymore. They seem to be... They're, Dude, they're come winning on. games. Denver, Denver was on their third string quarterback by the end of that game. That, that's you, not you're right. You're a right. great ass test. You're right. Um, I, before true. the game even started, I was listening to uh, Matt Hasselbeck on the pregame show, and he was talking about Justin Herbert. And he said, you know, when he went in for Terod Taylor, like that was that was like 15 minutes before game time. The guy didn't even have a chance to get butterflies. Yeah. Then now you go for a full week and it's going to be his first start. And you've got a week of sleepless nights, a family calling you and a whole bunch of pressure that you didn't expect. And I think that was the difference between how well he played the first time and how well or poorly rather he played last game. And I don't think a lot's going to change here, but with Tampa, I don't know. I, you know, we talked about the Tom Brady luxury tax uh, certainly warranted against the Broncos last week, but this is a pretty low total here at 43 and a half. Don't see a lot of points being scored. I really don't. But this is a Charger team that came within one or two plays of beating the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. And with all, even, you know, you mentioned the whole laundry list of injuries on defense. Most of those guys are probably going to be on the field, they just might not be 100%. I'm going with the lightning bolts here. Take, give me the Chargers and give me the seven points. Wow, taking the Chargers. I, I just Brady's increased his passer rating every week. He seems to be getting a little better and more comfortable in that offense. Um, he's 19 and five, by the way, versus rookie QB, QBs in his career um, and eight straight wins. Uh, I just think this week Brady gets his. The Bucks. That's more I think of a Bill have, Belichick stat, man. Yeah, that is. But Brady still was the quarterback in those games. I mean, it hurts me to give him credit. Don't think I'm loving this, but I'm also a gambling man. I honestly think that the Chargers passing game is going to have a hard time this week. I think, like you said, you got a guy who didn't have a chance to get butterflies, has a 300-yard game, and now he's going to be pressured to duplicate that. 
that's a lot of pressure for a young guy, man. Uh, hey, man, maybe he rises to the occasion, and maybe you're right. I, I'm willing to bet against that to the tune of seven points with Tampa Bay being at home in L.A. coming all the way across the country uh, to start a game in the 1 o'clock time slot. I'll, I'll take the uh, box with the points. Oh, Nick, I thought you was laying. I was laying? No, no, I'm taking it. I was taking it. You sure? I'm positive. Well, I'm a little confused. You're a little confused? Maybe if I stick your fucking face through uh, this window over here, like, you know, you'll, you'll get unconfused. Give me the fucking money. Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition too. Can you dig it, CC? To each is reach on to the nation's capital. Well, actually, Maryland. So this is kind of like the Battle of Maryland. It's the Washington professional football team at home versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, plus 13 is the uh, point spread here for uh, Washington, obviously, being the home underdog. 47 is your over-under. It's actually, if you go to a, a lot of sports books right now, you'll see this at plus 14. Uh, oh, really? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, okay. I've seen it at a few. So I've actually bought it at plus 14. How about that? There you go. So um, Baltimore playing on a short week, right? Coming off so, a tough spoiler, prime time. If you liked them at plus 14, are you probably going to like them at plus 13? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> okay, carry on. Sorry. Yes. Um, now, they were on a short week this week. They're coming yep. off a tough prime time Monday night loss to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and their passing offense this year is the worst in the league. Uh, now, they're fifth in the league in rushing, so obviously it's not like they can't win games. Um, but this isn't the Ravens team. Like, I think they're good, but they're, I don't think they're as good as last year's squad. And last year's squad, when these two teams met, um, this game would have been a push at plus 13 as the Ravens won uh, 20 to 7. So uh, I just I, I'm looking at I know Washington's offense is terrible, but their defense has improved a lot this year. We talked about it. They're six in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, let's go back to Monday night game. Um, obviously, there was a lot of hype around it and a lot of scrutiny. Baltimore did not look good. I mean, anyone that move watched the, the game. Yeah, my nine-year-old could have told you that they weren't good. Uh, you're talking about their passing game. Lamar Jackson threw for 83 yards. They had 228 total yards on offense. And if it wasn't for that special teams touchdown, that score would have been, you know, 34-13. They got one touchdown on offense. Well, remember how I said I said during that game that that could be either closer. I said it could be a blowout. I seem to think you kind of made fun of me for that. Well, I thought it was going to be at least a football game, but it wasn't. Like there was at no point in that game. I mean, the Chiefs were having their absolute way with Baltimore. Yeah. Like they, but Holmes couldn't go wrong on, no. and it just made that defense, which we thought was pretty good. I think most people thought it was pretty good going into it, but no, they were not playing defense whatsoever. I realize it uh, kind of hard to, you know, give an advantage for for home home field advantage, considering that the uh, the Ravens Stadium is less than thirty eight miles away from FedEx Field, where they will be playing. Thirteen points professional football team from Washington, which means they're all professional players in Washington. That's just too many in the NFL, man. I, I'm taking I'm taking the home dog once again. 
And once again, uh, like I said, we record this on a Thursday in the early afternoon. So obviously there is line movement, but you should shop around. I have found this line at plus 14, which is obviously even better. Um, but man, I, I agree with you. I think Washington, Baltimore should win this game. But Washington, you know, I agree with you. They're a professional football team. They should cover that. Statistically, anyway, you're better off taking it. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Up next, the Carolina Panthers are at home, and they're three-point underdogs against visiting Arizona Cardinals. Uh, 52.5 is your over-under, and, man, DeAndre Hopkins is loving it in Arizona. Week one, oh, yeah. 14 catches, 151 yards. Week two, eight catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Week three, 10 catches for 137 yards. And get this, the Panthers have allowed a top three fantasy running back in each game this season, so Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray should end the game with substantial rushing totals. So there's a fantasy alert for you. What are you thinking about this game, Andy? Well, I took a look at the injury report, and I guess the most notable one for Arizona is their center, Mason Coles, out with a hamstring injury. And when you're talking about about a guy that touches the football every single play, that's going to have some ramifications. I'm not sure how much of the 49er game you watched, but they had a backup center, and, and he botched about four snaps for either punts or field goals and it was it was horrible to watch um kyler murray how much more can you say about that guy i mean if it wasn't for russell wilson and aaron Rodgers, he'd probably be in the conversation for you know early list for season mvp uh their defense is playing really well and as you mentioned like they're attacking the ball down the field with their new toy and deandre hopkins and although it's largely by the quarterback himself they are moving the ball well on the ground kenyon drake's great uh, was a great pickup for them as well at first, I was like, well, how is Carolina going to keep up with them? And it would seem like they got a little lucky last week. Lucky. On the road against a Charger team that just couldn't get out of their own way. And that was, you know, they won without Christian McCaffrey. So give them credit. Give them credit for that. I just, I think that they're, they're, they're gelling well with their new coach. And I think there's a lot, of, a lot of trust in Teddy Bridgewater. The guy doesn't turn the ball over that much. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to throw out the, the Arizona loss to Detroit. That was probably just an anomaly, and I'm not going to factor in. But I, I do like Carolina at home at over a field goal uh, with the points. So, I'm again, once again, I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm taking the home dog here. See, uh, you mentioned Kyler Murray being in the conversation. I, the reason why I don't think he'd be in the MVP conversation is uh, he's got fantastic stats running the ball. But he does have to get better at passing the ball. He's he's one of six quarterbacks right now with a sub eighty passer rating this year. That's uh, the other quarterbacks are Haskins, Cousins, Darnold, Jones, and Wentz. Um, and he also has a pretty bad touchdown pass to interception ratio at four to five. So he needs to take care of the ball a little better when he's going through the air. Is that However, is that a ratio, Maddie? Is that, well, is that truly a ratio? No, that's actually what his stat is this year, is yeah. four touchdowns and five interceptions. So, yes, you are correct, Andy. Mr. Regression Analysis. Oh, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Um, I mentioned Arizona's <laughs> commitment to defense last week, though. I was going to put that on a jersey, actually. A 49er jersey is going to put Mr. Regression Analysis. You really should. And I was really going to put the number one on it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, Arizona's got a top 10 defense thus far this season. I think Teddy Bridgewater's going to have a hard time with them. And I think as long as uh, Kyler Murray can find DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake, uh, like he has the last six games, gotten s- more than 75 scrimmage yards or, or, or scores, Arizona should win this game. And, you know, by more than a field goal, yeah, I'll take, I'll take Arizona. going to do what? On to Los Angeles, where the Rams get to play host in their shiny new stadium. And they're also 13-point favorites against the New York Giants, who are coming all the way from New York after getting their asses whooped by your Niners. And by the way, that was a Niners practice squad that whooped their ass last week because they barely had any starters. So, and by the way, Andy, you picked that game. So, uh, props to you. I didn't. I didn't know if uh, the Niners, with how many injuries they had, would be able to go into New York. And silly me. Well, we all talk about more on that on the Sunday night game. But just for clarification purposes, we're going to be using the Westgate odds to make our picks. And right now, they've got Ramson at twelve and a half. So. Um, that's what we'll be betting on. Um, now, speaking of regression analysis, wow, you're right. The New York Giants had a very, very horrible game against the 49ers, against the 49ers practice squad. I think maybe two fumbles and one INT contributed to that. The fact that they barely eclipsed 20 minutes in time of possession may have had something to do with that. Um, and then you got to give it to the Rams. They had a very impressive comeback at Orchard Park last Sunday against the Bills, but... My gosh, I had a feeling that the Bills didn't leave there with a win. Bills Mafia would have torched the city. <laughs> it's true. That was you know, they, it was close, man. There was they were a pass interference call away from winning that game. <laughs> well, and it was a questionable call, depending on who you ask, too, right? No, it was no, it was a questionable call, but so was the call on the interception that sort of turned the tide for the Rams. You bet. This is a big spread, Matt. It is, and we generally don't like big spreads in the National Football League, but let me tell you something. The Rams are 10-4 and following a loss in the Sean McVay era. And Daniel Jones, you talked about his turnovers last week, but let's face it, if we look at his entire career... Yeah. turnovers are a problem every game that was that wasn't you know a, an outlier that was par for the course right no he was almost crying on the sidelines after the last one uh, well I and he should he really did i mean you know he's got a duke education the guy should be a you know some sort of investment banker i don't know why he's playing quarterback for these shitty new york giants but greed for lack of a better word is good I mean, he's going to be spending his day running his, for his life from Aaron Donald and that Rams pass rush because his old line is absolute garbage. I mean, he's been pressured on 47.5% of his dropbacks this season. That's the highest in the NFL. And he's playing a team with a great pass rush. They're 1-3 this year, averaging 14.3 points per game. Yeah, uh, in in their games without Saquon Barkley, pardon me. And I mean, Jared Goff, I dogged him last year, um, but he's kind of proving this year that last year's performance might have been the anomaly, right? He's he's one of three quarterbacks right now with a seventy plus per completion percentage and nine plus pass yards per attempt this season. So he's do in. You know a the couple- only, do you know the only team in the league with three consecutive games of over four hundred yards on offense? What is that? Uh, the Rams. 
Rams. Yeah, exactly. It it's really? not Seattle. It's not Dallas. It's not even Buffalo. It's the Rams. I would have said Seattle, but you were, you know, questioning me on this game. So yeah, that's crazy. I had no idea about that. But and I know, dude, this is a ridiculous spread for an NFL game. But seeing the way the G Men got whooped by a practice squad last week, that doesn't give me any Do you confidence think they're that be they can be a little compete. bit pissed off. No, because they got to travel all the way across the country and get their asses whooped by another Rams team. This team's going to pack it in by halftime. I think just like last week, I this double-digit spread. I'm, I'm very chalky this week with the exception of the first couple games. I, I'm taking the Rams, uh, even though they're laying 13 chalky points. Chalky McChalk-Chalk, for sure. Um, now, the Giants have actually covered the spread eight of their last nine games playing the Rams. Um Usually trends like that don't impress me much, but I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna show up here, and I'm certainly not gonna suggest that they're gonna come out with a with a win. But my God, twelve and a half is a lot of points to cover in the NFL. I'm going with I hate to say it, the New York Football Giants. <laughs> So after seeing the way the Kansas City Chiefs just manhandled the Baltimore Ravens last week, I'm very interested in this next game as uh, the Chiefs are seven-point favorites against the visiting New England Patriots. Uh, 53s your over-under for this one. And, you know, here last week, because we were talking on the podcast, you thought Belichick would lock down Jacobs. I thought he'd take away tight end Darren Waller. So I think you were right on that one. Well, <laughs> But he did. He actually did both those things. But when I went back, I actually watched the game, and I saw what makes Belichick the genius that he is. Yeah. He fucking double teamed the checkdowns. Gonna do what? What really? fucking defensive coordinator? I played football the majority of my teen years and early adult life. And I played at some decent levels. I have never played for a defensive coordinator that double team checkdowns. And I even said last week that I thought that he would make Derek Carr try to beat him with his wide receivers. And that's exactly what he dared him to do. And Belichick is going into the Hall of Fame the minute he retires. That guy is a first ballot. I mean, as much as every part of my being wants to hate him, you can't help but respect the guy for something like that. That kind of attention to detail. You know, doubling the well, checkdowns. We saw of them on Wednesday, right? All disheveled. We're in yeah. a shirt that had like 16 rips in it. And he just like, he came out of the cavern. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Yeah, he's one of a kind, man. I don't think the NFL sleep. I think the closest to him right now is maybe Andy Reid. Well, because some of those schemes of that the, we saw, were, of the field, right? that's what I mean. Like those schemes we saw last week against the Ravens. That was some of the most creative play calling on offense we've ever seen. Right. Oh man, I, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, I felt bad for any Ravens fan that was yeah. out there, but it was they were just doing it at will. Like there was nothing that could have gone wrong, and I couldn't believe how much space guys like Sammy Watkins was getting. Yep. You know, there was there was no one even near him. I, I it was just the most unharbaugh like. <laughs> effort for a defensive team it was it was unreal but the chiefs you know, receivers the chiefs receivers averaged four seconds of separation on on passes over 10 yards yeah no it was uh, four seconds is a long time count that out with your stopwatch and you'll see how long four seconds really is because in football 
it might seem like a blink of an eye, but four seconds gap is, you know, for a guy like Tyreek Hill or even Sammy Watkins, those few steps, that's, you know, that's money in Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes bank. And you know what? He throughout his career has no problem playing against Bill Belichick either. Um, even though Belichick's great at scheming these defense, Mahomes is the only quarterback to average 300 plus uh, pass yards per game and have a 100 plus passer rating versus Bill Belichick as a head coach in his career. So, and he's been great under pressure. He finished 15 of 19 for 191 and three touchdowns against the Ravens blitz. That's incredible decision-making under pressure. So I just, I, I'm looking at this right now. I like the chiefs pass defense last week, very suffocating as well. Uh, their primary cornerbacks allowed a combined 10 receiving yards when targeted as the nearest defender. So I know this is a tough one. And Cam Newton, by the way, deserves a lot of credit for the way yeah. he's really turning around New England's um, New England's fortunes. And he's having a really good year, but not quite the best year through the air, not like Pat Mahomes. And I mean, if the Kansas City Chiefs show up like they did against the Ravens uh, this game, I, I know I'm chalky McChalk Chalk today, but... I'm taking the Chiefs with the seven points. It's a very lazy spread. I mean, it couldn't be anything else, right? Correct answer. And so, Casey, you know, uh, uh, you mentioned how their defense shut down Lamar Jackson. Well, you've got a similar type of quarterback with Cam Newton. And if they can do that against him, I'm not sure that... I don't think you can slow the game down enough for Kansas City not to get a big lead and jump on it and stay with it. So many weapons. I mean, so many. Yeah. There's like, just, when was the last time you saw, like, I mean, they remind me like of the greatest show on turf or maybe go, go back the to Rams. the Rams. The Rams are the only thing I can think of. Or the bills, history. the bills K gun. Yeah. The bills K gun. That might be something like that. I, I just, if they're, like I said, if they show up like what? the, like the what? Kansas City chiefs that coach? showed up against the Who's chargers, the coach that shut down the K gun offense in a super bowl. And that was, yeah, that was Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. But like I said, Pat Mahomes doesn't seem to have problem against Bill Belichick defenses. And I, I do think like he is a great quarterback, That is, but that is also part of his weapons and, and part of it's his pass protection. And if the, the Kansas City Chiefs that showed up last week show up, they win this game more than seven points. I just hope the, the, the Chiefs that showed up against the Chargers don't come out. Yeah, even though it's a short week for them, I'm going to hop on your chalky McChalk Chalk train here, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Get a room, you two. We're in a room. Well, then lose some weight. Our last game in Sunday afternoon, we go to Las Vegas, where the Las Vegas Raiders are at home against the visiting Buffalo Bills. Now, the Raiders are three-point underdogs at home. 52 is your over-under. Now, Josh Allen's hitting another gear, man. In his last 14 games, he's thrown 33 touchdowns to only three picks, and the Bills have averaged 31 points per game this season. That's the third most in the NFL, and then... They run into a Raiders defense that's ranked 27th in the league. Can you talk me out of taking Buffalo, Andy? Well, let's let's go to Vegas first, right? And who did they play last week? They went up to New England and got pounded by Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And guess what, Matty? Guess who they get to play next week? Who's that, Andy? The Kansas City Chiefs are on deck. Oh, my. Meaning what? 
It's an almost wise guys sandwich, sandwich game. Yeah, this is like an Elvis sandwich at the Witch Witch restaurant in Sin City. Um, I mean, Gruden gets up for big games, right? People ask me, what are we doing here? Las Vegas Raiders, knee, head, knee, head, huh? What are we doing? We're winning games, man. The Raiders won their last game at the Oakland Coliseum last year. They won their opening game at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas this year. He beat your Bears at Tottenham Stadium in England in week five, which was a primetime game last year. Why are you bringing up old shit? Thanks for bringing that up, though. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Fuck you. Now you've got a seemingly unstoppable Chiefs that are on the on-deck circle. And as I say, you know, as you, sorry, as you pointed out, Josh Allen is is playing way above his, his weight category. And there's absolutely no reason why I don't think the Buffalo Bills can um, have a hard time covering three points. So I'm, I'm going to be on the uh, I'm going to be on the favorite side of this, taking the Bills. Yeah. And if you're you're, you're a fantasy football guy, uh, the Raiders have allowed 75 or more rush yards and two plus rush t- touchdowns to a different player in each of the three games this season. So start Devin Singletary. Obviously, you're going to be starting Josh Allen. He should have a good game running the football as well. I'm with you, buddy. I'm saying go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> All right, Sunday night, and this is your account, Andy, your Niners, after an impressive win with a practice squad in New York. Talk about a franchise with some depth. Uh, the Niners are at home now, and they're seven-point favorites against the visiting Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is a ridiculous spread. It should be a double-digit spread as well. 45 is your over-under, but, man, I'm going to beat, just because I like to, I'm going to keep beating the Carson Wentz sucks drum. And how about this stat? He's got the league worst 68.9 passer rating from a clean pocket. He's the only quarterback in the league under 70. And how about this? His receivers stink too. Uh, Eagles wide receivers. <laughs> like this, it's, it's seriously, this is, I love trash. Nothing good happens in Philadelphia. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Eagle wide receivers have 57.5% catch rate since 2019. Only Cleveland and Cincinnati have lower percentage uh, catch rates in that span. Man, I, I mean, and how about this? Your boy, Nick Mullins. We both had quarterbacks that stepped in last week named Nick. And uh, Nick Mullins, he's got 2,620 yards passing. That's the third most pass yards in a player's first nine career starts since 1950. He looked really good. He looked <laughs> really good. It was impressive, dude. He was he was making throws with such tight windows and just rifling it in there when he where he needed to. Um I mean, okay, so the 49ers now have just completed the road sweep at MetLife Stadium, uh, where they beat both the Jets and the Giants there, which gives them two wins on the season, which is exactly two more wins than both the Jets and the Giants combined. And, (laughs) you know, we were talking about the backups and, you know, would it have made sense to bet against them last week? It's because of those backups that I'm loving this line. I mean... The roles that they're filling are mostly for injured pro bowlers, and they normally wouldn't get a chance to start at all. At all, they're auditioning. Um, you know, look look who did the heavy lifting for them last week. Brandon Ayuk had seven touches for over hundred 
100 yards and a touchdown. Jeffrey Wilson had 15 touches for 69 yards and a touchdown. And they had sacks from Deion Jordan and Kerry Hyder. Not exactly household names. Well, and you might even get Mostert back this week. Uh, yeah, possible. I don't think he's, yeah, you don't, with Chet McKinnon and, and the way that they're running the ball without him, I, I, I don't expect him to have a huge workload. Yeah. Um, they need, they, they're going to need him down the stretch. Uh, now, look, Philly's O-line is the reason why we've been fading them all year. And it's right. still in shambles. Uh, there's missing uh, center Isaac Seomalu who's out. Andre Dillard is still out. Guard Brandon Brooks is still on the pup list. Now you add in tight end Dallas Goddard, wide receiver, <laughs> wide receiver Jalen Rigor, and a questionable Deshaun Jackson, and you don't even have much left on offense. Now, Matt, I know that you're just such a huge Carson Wentz fan, so I had to throw this out. Last week in Cincinnati, he became the quickest player as a Philadelphia Eagle to throw 100 touchdown passes, beating Donovan McNabb. Get out. That's shocking. That is shocking. Yeah, it surprised me too. And you know what? As soon as I heard that stat, who did I think of? Why did you think of me? Because I love Carson Wentz. You're such a huge Carson Wentz fan. Well, yeah, obviously Carson Wentz is awesome. Do I detect a note of sarcasm? Are you kidding me? This baby is off the charts. <laughs> because he does so much awesome stuff on the field, like throw interceptions. Let's give these people a show. Let's give them a show, huh, kid? Wentz's yeah! third down pass is picked. The ball just has to go over the outside shoulder. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's a bad throw. I mean, this was an easy choice for me, man. The Niners. But was it too, but was it too easy? Because I thought the same thing. Well, no, it's not too easy. And here's the deal. Entering week four, and the Niners aren't even really, haven't been healthy since week one. And they've got a four, plus 41 point differential. That's the most in the NFL. And they're now allowing 15.3 points per game and under 200 pass yards a game, both the second fewest in the NFL. Well, I'm you're sorry, gonna get but those when you got a, stats when you play the Jets and the Giants two weeks in a row. Yeah, and then you get to play the Eagles. So good fortune falls on the Niners. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, no playing for a tie here. There are no points for second place. And finally, our Monday Nighter were the Green Bay Packers coming off a big primetime win against the New Orleans Saints last week. They get another primetime slot, and they're seven-point favorites against the Atlanta Chokehawks. I, I can't even get over what Atlanta's been doing basically since they lost the Super Bowl against the Pats. Uh, Green Bay seven-point favorites, 58s year over-under, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense have featured a really nice play-action-heavy attack because they've got a great run game as well. Um, they're using play action on over 50% of their dropbacks, and Rodgers on play action uh, last week, 13 of 17, 160 yards and three touchdowns. Can Atlanta do anything here to actually cover this seven points? <laughs> well, the bad news for the Falcons, even though as, as bad as those two losses were, uh, they lost defensive back uh, Darkies Denard, who's out with a hamstring injury. Now, he joins the following list of defensive backs who have disappeared from their depth chart this year. A.J. Terrell, Jalen Hawkins, Ricardo Allen, Jordan Miller, and of course the pro bowler Keanu Neal. And so to suggest that they have no interest in playing defense isn't entirely accurate. The reality is they don't simply have anyone to play defense. 
Aaron Rodgers is, you know, the, the best thing that ever happened to that team was for them to draft another quarterback in the first round because that guy's playing like he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. And he's, I don't look for him. I don't look for him to take the foot off the gas at all in this one. He'll be chucking the ball late in the fourth quarter, even with a three touchdown lead. You bet. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to hit the side of the chalk and prime time. Yeah. Go Green Bay at home. Minus seven. And now people that listen to this podcast know I'm a huge Bears honk. And just like last week, picking the Green Bay Packers gives me no pleasure. But hey, we listen to this show and we do this show to make money. Uh, not not to, make friends. Not, not make, make friends. friends or even root for our own team as much of a Bears honk that I am. So, you know, Green Bay, you look at Rodgers... And he's off to one of his best starts of his career. I agree with you. The whole thing about drafting a quarterback in the first round. Maybe they consulted a psychologist and they figured <laughs> that's how they could get the best out of him. Well, Rodgers is a whiny little bitch. You're a whiny little <laughs> bitch. Probably wouldn't yeah. take an expert. But he's also the kind of spiteful, petty bitch that will make him, like you said, he's not taking the foot off the gas. He won't, he won't stop till this season's over. And unfortunately, as a Bears fan, that actually scares me because I've seen this story unfold many times before. Uh, I'm taking the Packers to cover in prime time. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. Please hang up and try again. All right, this is a little section we like to call Maddie and Andy's Total Tease, and it's where we give you a total we like from uh, the from Sunday or Monday and also give you a little teaser to play on the weekend. So, uh, Andy, what do you like this week? Well, for the total, we're going to go down to Sin City and look at the Buffalo-Vegas game to go under the number of 52, which is a bold statement in a year that we've seen mostly overs, but I think the running games for both teams are are probably going to rule the day. Um, they're going to slow the clock down, and I expect this game to be relatively low scoring. And in fact, I think the Buffalo's defense, which we really haven't seen much of this year, is going to start to gel, and they're going to look like they did last season. My teaser, we're going to go with the Bears. The Bears. Um, tease them at home up to eight and a half, going through the key numbers of three and seven. And then we're going to take my 49ers, and we're going to tease them down to minus one. So all they have to do is win the game against Philadelphia? Come on, man. Money in the bank. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Yeah, so for myself, uh, as a total, we're going to go to South Beach, where I believe we're going to see an old-fashioned shootout between Russell Wilson and your boy from Harvard, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I Both teams... Teams don't have super awesome defenses. Miami's obviously better than the Seahawks, uh, but both teams have offenses that can that can chuck the ball around. So I'm expecting this to go over the total of 54 and a half. And then uh, for my teaser, uh, I'm partially with you. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers from seven down to one point. So like you said, all they got to do is win the game. You win your tease. And uh, well. I want to take Washington, and like I said, you can find them at plus 14 right now, so if you can, take them from plus 14 all the way down to plus 20. I just That is a lot of points for an NFL game. 20 points is incredible. So, I mean, even if you have to go from 13 to 19, I think it's still worth putting on your tees. 
Thank you for listening to week four of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week four games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Carving another dream. Searching for a cure. I am so restless. I am immature. Baby, I was dreaming. I had a lucky streak. Maybe you could give me. Just another week I will never have another Inner city Velcro lover Roller skating welfare queen Never have another, never have another inner city Velcro lover You and I will meet each other Slowly winding down your street I will never have another, never have another Sending me away now Out into a storm While the snow comes down Melting on the shore I'm pathetic in my wanting Pathetic in my doom These melodies are haunting Your words are Slowly winding